You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. Thanks so much for tuning in today, everyone. I'm really grateful for you if you're tuning in today on Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for being here. This is just such a dream to have listeners all around the world listen to me talking to a microphone. I really appreciate it. If you're new here, this show is all about self-care and self-discovery, and I love to bring tons of practices, spiritual practices, physical practices, and self-discovery tools into your ears so that you can try these on and you can learn from different teachers and really make this a central part of your life, make your life that much better. So thanks so much for being here. Our guest today, Olivia F. Scott, is so much fun. She has a lot of information about different practices, about her platform, Freedom at the Mat, and what she has done to bring mental health, self-care, wellness to more and more people in a really accessible way. So we're really grateful to have her on the show. Friends, you know, I've been noticing over the last few weeks that this idea of being present, we talked about it last week with Laura Day. And so I wanted to just like revisit it and perhaps get your take on whether you're experiencing this as well. But this idea of being present, being like physically in the body, being a human, being in the now and how difficult that is. We talked about it, you know, honestly, in the last few different episodes about this idea of being like in the body. And I love saying that, like, let's be present, let's be mindful. But in practice, it is very, very difficult. And so I just wanted to put that out there that if you are experiencing you know, a little bit of anxiety. That's how I'm, I'm noticing it show up over the holidays, perhaps even today on Thanksgiving. It's okay to take a beat. It's okay to take a minute to get really present, to get really still and just be in your body, be in the now, in this particular moment, be mindful of what's happening in your body, of your senses, of the thoughts that are coming into your head. And that's really all you need to do. Take those few minutes to do that And I think you'll see a lot of takeaways. This season is a lot. And on top of that, we're in a Mars retrograde. And when Mars goes retrograde, it really amps up some of our frustrations. It takes away a little momentum and you know, motivation that we might normally have, and it can trigger different areas. So observe, notice what you're experiencing and you know where anxiety might be creeping up. It might be a time to get really still. And then secondly, a couple episodes ago, I had 
mentioned that I thought it would be fun for us to share book recommendations, just that self-care of reading. And I'm really going to get in the habit of asking guests what they're reading, share more of what I'm reading. If you all have suggestions, please DM them. Let me know. I just finished, or I talked about this a couple episodes ago, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Amazing read. Highly recommend that. Just It's a great beach read, but it's also like a great read in your comfy home. If you love Hollywood glamour, highly recommend. I'm on to a book by Lucy Score. So if you like books that are kind of rom-com-y and you like a little spiciness, a little smut, these are awesome. Lucy Score is just like a really fun author. And the one, the series that I'm reading at the moment is Riley Thorne. Um, and this specific one is Riley Thorne and the dead guy next door. And she's a psychic, which I thought was so funny, right? Like it's very much up our alley. So Lucy Score, kind of a fun read, Riley Thorne and the dead guy next door. And there's three different books in this particular series so far. It's, it's just cute. It's, it's a good distraction. I really recommend if you're not on the Goodreads app, it's so fun to keep track of what you're reading, like a little challenge for yourself, see what your friends are reading. Um, so yeah, if you are on there, friend me on Goodreads and we can share in our hilarious book lists, please send me your suggestions, everybody. Again, we're just self-care reading totally free. I'm such a nerd and I love this opportunity to share in <laughs> the Gemini spirit. All right, let's talk about this week's guest. Olivia F. Scott is really a thought leader in a lot of areas. Today, we're talking about the creation of her platform, Freedom at the Mat. So she's come from a long line of, of black women who didn't have the resources to prioritize self-care. She talks about this. She witnessed three generations of women in her family die at exactly 65 years old. And they knew that this was something, you know, a trend that they were seeing. So to break this cycle, she founded Freedom at the Mat, which is a community destination for women to prioritize their well-being and obtain freedom from emotional scars. And it's it's so accessible, it's so free. She talks so much about this idea of, of where to start. You know, often we don't even know where to start when it comes to self-care. And you know, I know that that's why this show exists. And her platform has so many great ideas, so many places to get your your toes wet in the self-care department. In this conversation, we talk about her creation of Freedom at the Mat. We talk about the unspoken barriers to mental health help, yoga, and spiritual practices that are faced by black women, really these barriers that make it harder to access all this great resource and tool. We talk about the practices to start with for someone who's on their new spiritual journey. We talk about going inward versus seeking the answers from a higher power, how that plays into religion, into family, and her daily spiritual and self-care practices. So I really enjoyed this conversation with Olivia. I hope you do too. If you are brand new to the Yoga Magic Podcast, make sure you're following us on Instagram. It's at Yoga Magic Podcast. And hop on our newsletter. If you are on the newsletter, I'm going to be sending out a bonus episode in the next few weeks on how to survive your Saturn return. So a number of you are in that stage of life, whether it's your first Saturn return at around 30 or maybe your second in your six, your early 60s, late 50s, and how that can play into your life, what you can do to combat it so that it's not such a jolt, if you will, and um, lots of other awesome freebies when you join, join our newsletter. 
And finally, friends, as you know, I am a cosmic self-care coach, an astrologer, and would love to just remind you that if you're interested in giving a really unique gift to a loved one, a friend, yourself over the holidays, you can give the gift of a birth chart reading or a joint human design and astrology reading. You just purchase a gift certificate or gift card, and then the person, the recipient is able to book that session on their own, whatever works for them. So yeah, if you have someone who's kind of dabbling in astrology or human design and wants to learn more, this could be a super fun gift to give them that for the holidays. More information in the show notes. I think that is all we need to talk about before getting to this conversation with Olivia. I hope you have an amazing Thanksgiving. I'm so thankful for you. Thanks for showing up every week, listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast. Let's get to this conversation. Can you just tell listeners a little about yourself, who you are, whatever you want to share, and your journey to freedom on the mat and the cool work that you're doing? Wonderful. So hi, everybody. Thank you, Ashley. I'm Olivia F. Scott, and I founded Freedom at the Mat from a very natural place in 2018. So I've always been a girl who loved to work out. That's kind of the core here. I always was, was some, I was always somebody as well who was really into health and wellness. My journey is that my mother and her entire side, the maternal side, they all had heart disease. They all died around 60 years old. My mother died at 65. My grandmother died at 65 and my sister died at 65. Everybody died at 65. It was like pretty much that's like the end game for everybody. Right. And so as I was growing up, because we knew the family had heart disease, I always had to go walking with my mom. Like eight, nine years old. I had to go walking in the neighborhood. So health. And I also watched her manage her heart disease through diet. She would make pork chops for us. She'd make steaks, but she would have a little piece of cod with some vegetables because she was trying to manage her heart disease with, you know, with diet and nutrition. So I was pretty, you know, I never had any out of control eating habits because of growing up in that way. I love sweets. So I always love sugar, love my donuts and that kind of thing, tangy taffy now and laters. But I was on a pretty decent track with health and wellness growing up. So exercise was what I used in my life, right? As my stress relief, as my go-to was a part of my routine. Where yoga really was introduced was when I went through my divorce in 2014. So I always worked out on Saturday mornings, used to go to the New York sports club on 145th street in New York city. And I would (laughs) spend class for two hours. That's what I did every Saturday. That was my routine. And when me and my ex-husband moved to Jersey and I was going through the divorce, they didn't have spin class. So they had at that same time, because, you know, when you're a weekend warrior, you kind of have these routines. You go to the gym, totally. 9 11 o'clock, you know, and I got there and they were like, we don't have spin class. And so I was like, well, what do you have? And they were like, we have yoga. And I was like, I don't do yoga. I don't like yoga. And I didn't like yoga. Right. At that time, because I'd had a Hatha yoga class in Chicago when I lived there in 1986 and I hated it. I fell asleep. It was too boring for me. And then again. <laughs> I tried Bikram yoga and I'd injured myself in Bikram yoga. And I was like, and it was just too intense, too militaristic, you know, the same poses. So I was like, I'd made a decision. I don't like yoga. I made that decision and declaration to myself. 2018 or 2014, I walk into this yoga class because it's all they have at the gym. And I'm like, what is this? This was, this was, what was this? (laughs) He did vinyasa yoga. She had us open up our heart chakra. And I was like, oh, 
Oh, I literally almost started crying in the class. I didn't even know what chakras were before the class. And I was like, I literally went to her afterwards and said, I don't know what this is, but I like it. Can you tell me more? And so I became, as is my personality, um, a habitual attendee of her class (laughs) and became very good. And she said, you know, you're, and I even, she left the yoga, she left the gym and went to her own yoga studio in Jersey. And I followed her there. And she says, you know, you really should get a, get your yoga certification. I think you're really good. And that's what I did. And I figured, how can I bring what has been such a saving grace for me um, and such salvation to my friends and family? It was in that training that I also attended the Asheville Yoga Festival. And while I was at the Asheville Yoga Festival, Rusty Wells, who was a noted bhakti yoga teacher, bhakti yoga style vinyasa, He had us in these really, really hard poses and he had us hold them for a really long time, Ashley. And I'll never forget, he said, you know, stay a little longer. Instead of like ducking out, why don't you stay a little longer? And in that moment, I said, I'm leaving the situation I'm having with my now boyfriend. This guy was dating after after the divorce. I'm leaving this at the mat. I'm leaving it right here. And I remember being like, freedom at the mat. I'm going to find my freedom today. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take this issue with me. It's been plaguing me and bothering me and weighing me down so much. I'm going to free myself at the mat. And I remember feeling that that six feet of space beneath me, which was all that I could control. I couldn't control anything else outside of these six feet that I could make a decision in this moment, in this space to release something at the mat. And so it was a combination of of freedom at the mat concept that I born, that was born in Rusty Wells class with teacher training and knowing that I could bring my own music to it. I could bring my own style to it. It didn't have to be what yoga may be to other people. Like I'd, mm-hmm. I'd learned that myself, Ashley. I'd had Hatha, I'd had Bikram, and here I am in a bhakti yoga class and I had vinyasa yoga. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's so many different types of yoga to begin with. Like I had no idea, you know, that I could do, you know, hermetic, I could do ashtanga, I could do mm-hmm. kundalini, I could do bhakti. And so that was really my journey to freedom at the mat. And then once I said, okay, you know what? I can use this space to free myself. I can invite others, teach in Harlem and teach with others and really invite them to use the mat as a place to free themselves. So today, what you've built, freedom at the mat is, I mean, it's so much, there's so much there. And obviously there's a lot of work that went into that. Like, can you talk a little bit about the platform about freedom at the mat with the listeners? Yes. So freedom at the mat, I would say your entry point is our YouTube. Okay. Our YouTube has 180 videos that we have been able to create in the course of a year and a half. All of our content is intentionally short because we're women who are very busy women who are like, mm-hmm. I don't have time for that, or I don't want to do yoga or whatever. So 
Yoga, as you may have noticed, is not a part of the name Freedom at the Mat. And that's Mm -hmm. intentional, right? So for people who have an issue with the term yoga, they can still come to our platform. We have affirmations, we have meditations, we have yoga flows, and we have a lot of conversations. So I have a background in broadcast journalism. And with that background in broadcast journalism, that is one of the things that I've come back to. So I have a conversation that's actually launching this coming week. Not sure when we're going to launch this, but um, it's with Dr. Ayana Abram. She's a clinical licensed psychologist. And I have psychotherapists. I have a lot of different people, medical specialists. They come on and we talk about different issues in wellness. And my whole premise for Freedom at the Mat content is for it to be a free resource for any woman who is looking to become free of things that hold her back from living mm-hmm. her very best life, whether it's physical. We have vegetarian conversations about vegetarian recipe. Like we have all kinds of conversations. So whether it is around physical wellness, if it's about mental health, if it's emotional barriers, social relationships, we have all kinds of conversations there as well. But then again, as I mentioned earlier, we have one minute affirmations. I have three to 10 minute readings where I'll do a reading not a medium reading, but like a reading from a source book, whether it's Marianne Williamson or Neil Donald Walsh or any of my favorite authors, Sarah Van Brathnick. And I read and then I do an interpretation and I invite people to move toward something in their life. So the readings are there, the meditations, the affirmations and the yoga flows as well. And the yoga flows are always under 30 minutes, intentionally more like 10 to 25 minutes, because Mm -hmm. I know People just, their time starved. We're in a time more than ever. And I think that social media is definitely aiding us in our attention spans getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So, okay. So there's, there's so much there and it's so obviously so accessible and that being your purpose with, with what you're putting out there. When we were connecting, I was, I was learning more about you and, and this thing that really stuck out is the fact that, that black women do not seek out mental health support nearly as much as white women. And, and that, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised obviously, but I was, and I want to know a little bit more about why that is and and how that's connected to the work that you're doing, because clearly that entry point can be one of the best steps forward for people. Like share a little bit more about this disconnect. Yes. And what I can share, of course, is from my life experience and those that I have observed directly, right? I am not a clinical licensed psychologist or any of those medical professionals or practitioners, but from what I know for certain is a couple of things. One, African-American women, there is a lot of merit and a lot of responsibility in being the strong Black woman in being someone that everyone looks to. Historically, if we go back to whether it was slave days or whether it was caretaking days afterwards in the reconstruction, you can look through many phases of life and see where Black women have felt that they have to step up and be strong for many reasons. Mm -hmm. And so with that, who do you go to when you have a problem when you have a question. Now you may have a trusted friend and I hope that many of us do have trusted friends, but our trusted friends, they are not, they're not licensed clinical psychologists or psychotherapists. They're not psychiatrists. They are limited often, but we do know that there is healing when you talk things out. But in general, 
it's just not something that we have been taught that we can have the permission. We want the permission from ourselves and from our community to do so. Now, there are organizations now like Therapy for Black Girls, which is amazing and, and led by a colleague and friend, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, where she is giving everyone the permission to seek therapy. And it's been a big movement over the past three years to get Black women to really make that shift. Mm-hmm. To say, you know what? It's okay. I'm not okay. And for you to actually verbally say, Ashley, I'm not okay today. I'm struggling right now. I'm not feeling well. That's okay to be able to say that, right? But for the most part, we as Black women have felt like we need to just push through. It's one. Two, there is a financial gap. I think we all know mm-hmm. with insurance. And it's like, wait a minute. That's just, I have a friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine who... You know, she is, um, she's definitely middle income and da, 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 da. But the insurance gap, she's got to stop, add this to her list of things to do to add the copay because the copay isn't fully covered. The deductible isn't met. So that's another bill that you're actually incurring. And that's not to imply that African-American people earn less than their counterparts. But I think we do know there still are some pay disparities. So when you're working with a little bit less, adding an additional bill on top of earning less isn't necessarily a priority for you as well. Mm -hmm. But I think, and then the last thing I would say, I said I had two things. The third thing I would say is there is this notion, and I say this growing up in a church, being from Memphis, Tennessee, there's this notion of, because we thought we had, that you have to take everything to God in prayer. So there are plenty of people who they are Christian believers as people of color who feel as if going to a practitioner, a mental health practitioner is antagonistic to their beliefs. Mm. Their beliefs. Mm-hmm. I will, I've had a couple of instances that I share pretty broadly where I had a minister once in Memphis tell me that yoga was was not for his membership because of the Hindu base without even listening to me that I wasn't going to bring in any Sanskrit. I wasn't going to bring in any chanting. Their notion of what yoga meant, and I'm going to yoga for a moment, that that was just something that immediately was like, no, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have a faction of people who feel like, Yoga, anything outside of taking your issues to Jesus Christ and to God, anything outside of that is not what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. So this whole notion of just breathe and inhale and, you know, go inside of yourself. I remember the minister actually questioning me on that. Going inside of yourself. What are you doing? You're supposed to go to God. Why would you go inside yourself? You're supposed to go to God. And I was like, oh, okay. So I would say those are the reasons from my own observations mm-hmm. that we as Black women, we are, we're slow on the uptake. We've got to go through a few different barriers before we actually believe it's okay for us to do this. Mm-hmm. I've, I have heard that from, from other women, from other you know friends, Black women that have experienced the same thing. It's this like feeling of Oh yeah, no, we don't really do that. And even like, I work a lot with astrology and a friend of mine 
was like, Ashley, can you connect me with a black astrologer? Because I'd really like to like have that conversation. I don't want to get, go down this path. I'm like, absolutely. You know, this is, this is something that everyone can experience. And and I, I understand what you're saying. And I mean, let's be real looking in a yoga class in where I'm at in the middle of Minnesota, there's a lot of white women in Lululemon. I mean, that's, that's what it looks like. And so I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. As far as, you know, what you're putting out there and it's so, it's so beneficial to everyone. What, like if somebody were wanting to start diving in, like they're going to take a yoga class or maybe they're going to try, try some mantras. Like, what is it that if they're going down this path for the mental health journey of it all, right. They're like, I want to feel more calm here. Like, where would you direct them since you do work in a lot of modalities and it Mm -hmm. could be on your, on your platform, but just like, if you were to say, Hey, start here, what would you suggest? Meditation. Okay. Yeah. What type do you work with? So mine are very simple five to 10 minute meditations where I start with um, a reading, a short reading or a theme. Usually began with like a four, two, four, four, inhale, two, exhale, four, inhale, breathing technique. Mm -hmm. And then I invite them often and not always, but often I invite them to begin by journaling. And then I invite them to continue staying in that space. So let's say right now, the space is trusting yourself. I would have, you know, a little bit of a saying around the need to trust yourself, the need to believe that your experience is valid. You don't have to look without, you don't have to look to the Joneses, you don't have to look to social media, that your journey is your journey. And that every single day, your thoughts inform your actions, your actions, um, they the sum total of your experiences are you. But if you need to choose and choose again, that that's available to you, but you need to fall in love with you. You need to trust yourself that you can live the best life possible for you, right? I kind of go into that. And then I would invite them to really sit calm and ask themselves to visualize what's the greatest, best life that you can envision for yourself. What is it that you're wanting to experience that you've not experienced just yet, Ashley? I'd ask Mm -hmm. them to think about that with their eyes closed or focal point in front of them with, you know, that's unmoving. And then I'd allow for them to stay in that space for five, five to seven minutes. And then we come out of it. And then that that's where I would have them start to kind of just get comfortable sitting with your thoughts. Because I think a lot of times there are people who they haven't thought an original thought potentially in a really long time. You know, we clutter our thinking with social media. We clutter our thinking with other people. We do a lot of cluttering of Mm -hmm. our thoughts. Don't really listen. So we don't even know what our own voice is. What is my own voice telling me? Is my own voice saying to press press forward or to stop? Like, you know what I mean? So that's pretty much, I hope that answers your question, but that's for me kind of how I definitely recommend meditation because for some people, Ashley, yoga, and I'm going to say this in a couple of ways, yoga 
is simply not of interest. Sure. When, mm-hmm. when you say the word yoga, I think unfortunately, because of so many people who've gone before us and and messed it up, mm-hmm. quite honestly. When you say yoga to a person, and I asked a person until we were doing a focus group, and I said, What does yoga mean to you? What is yoga? And I would say that what you'd get back is probably a very different interpretation of how I interpret yoga. And those of us, like colleagues of mine at Sonic Yoga and different places, we talk about how the people who are on Instagram doing these like pretzel twist poses, they're not doing us really great service either. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about all the chanting and some of the um, some of the documentaries, whether it was about Bikram himself and that whole debacle, mm-hmm. when you hear the term yoga, there are many people when they hear it, they're just like, no. And you ask them why, and they're not able to, or they don't have the time to articulate, but there's been enough stimulus that they've received in their consciousness prior to you asking or introducing them to the concept of yoga that makes them say, I don't know about that. Versus if you said fried chicken, and they'd say, yeah, because they've had enough positive experiences with fried chicken to be like, I don't even care who's there. I, I want that fried chicken. But when you say yoga, they're like, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to your conversation with your pastor about like the idea of going within versus seeking God for the answers. Because I think this is something that like I struggle with. This is something a lot of us that are like, we're really on that spiritual path. And yet sometimes they're, I don't know, combative in a way of like, where do I go? What is your answer to, or maybe you don't, you know, respond to your pastor when he says that, but like, what do you think about going within versus seeking the answers from a higher power? I think they're the same. Okay. I really do. I believe that there's a song by Mary Mary that's called, It's the God in Me. I believe that we are all spiritual beings that are having a human experience. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there is a guiding force that is deep within that tells me when something is right for me and it tells me when something is wrong for me. When I am connected enough to my spirit, I can live my life in a much easier fashion. So when I sit and I'm calm and my spirit says, it is time for you to leave New York City. When my spirit becomes unsettled, when my way is made difficult, I know that that is not the way that I am supposed to go. And to me, that is my spirit. That is my God that is communicating through me. But I only get that clarity when I'm really connected with my soul. If I'm spending too much time listening to others and consulting others, and there's too much outside stimulus, I'm not able to really hear what my spirit has to say. And so I was talking with my niece last night about a very important decision she has to make in her life. And I, and I told her, I need you to get quiet. Mm -hmm. And similarly, I have a very important decision I'm making in my life right now. 
And I am spending an incredible amount of time by myself as I'm I'm waiting for a spirit of peace that says, this is the direction you should go in. I don't do well when there's chaos and there's just like, ah, I want to feel a peace. Mm-hmm. I even feel like I love consuming podcasts and audiobooks and just constantly content, 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 because it's great to learn, to like be yeah. in motion while learning. And yet I'm with you that there, there's a lot of clutter in order to get some of these downloads and get the information that we really need. We got to cut out the noise, like literally the actual noise. <laughs> yep. Yep. What are your practices day to day, whether it be your yoga practice, like your personal self-care, what do you do to be still, to be quiet, to hear these, these things come in? So a couple of things, one is totally contrary to me being a businesswoman, but <laughs> the first one is every morning I do wake up and have a ritual of burning an incense period. There's something about the aroma. There's an aromatherapeutic benefit that I get from that being a ritual that I do every single morning. That's number one. Number two is, this is the contrary part. My phone is always in do not disturb. I only address if I actually have a meeting. I don't do calls. I just come in and I can be present, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have a phone with notifications going off every two seconds. All my notifications on my phone are off. There are no notifications, there are no noises for notifications. And that allows for me to be present. If I'm present with you right now, my phone's already do not disturb, but there are also no, even when I turn it off DND, like just to be in focus mode, we can go from DND to focus. There are no notifications that are coming in to disturb me. And I share that as a ritual and as a practice because it allows me to not be jarred, mm-hmm. my energy to be jarred. It's like, okay, I'm teaching a class or now I'm writing a paper. It allows me to be present. And I think that's all I really want to do is to be more present with every single thing I do. Now, I realize that is not an accessible practice to everybody. People have children, people, they are caregivers for others, but I invite you whenever you can, when the kids are in bed or whatever it is, if you can find a way to settle your spirit so that you're not having all these notifications that are just bouncing you off the wall with it, because it does not ever allow for you to just have peace. If there's constantly bing, 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 right? What mm-hmm. if there's something that's the God is trying to tell you about something, right? What if there's just, you're driving down the street and you're looking out the road. And as you're looking out the road, you're looking at the trees and an idea comes to you. How can you get that? If every other second, there's a bing, 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 bing. you can't. So you're, we're over, we're in an overstimulated society, audio, sonically, as well as visually. Mm-hmm. So that is something. And then I don't have to say about social media because I don't, I'm not on it very often. I'm truly not on it. If I were to prescribe, I would say and say, okay, this is my habit. I'd say I'm on social media. I don't know, girl, once a week, mm-hmm. you know, and as mm-hmm. training business owners and people who are trying to find a way to get around it, I use later. And I think there's who tweeting mm-hmm. other scheduling apps where yes, you'll see for freedom at the mat. You will definitely see that we post, but it's all done through later. Mm-hmm. 
And I may go in once a week to kind of see what the feedback is, but I'm usually not even, I don't even do that because I'm not doing it for feedback. And I don't know. I just, I struggle with a lot of that because it's a lot of external stimulus. And yet none of this has hindered you. I mean, from building all the things that you've built. I mean, that's like, (laughs) that's the success story in this. It's probably helped. It's, you know what? I mean, I felt like I could be more successful if I were engaged in that way. I know that I could be, but for me, like my focus isn't about being the number one sensation or popular on social media. My focus really is on serving. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a servant and I'm a servant leader, I have to keep my energy clear and pure in order for me to do that. So I don't spend a lot of time engaging and seeing what comments are saying and what others are doing. I just don't. And again, I'm not saying that's the best practice, Ashley. Mm-hmm. I'm not. If I, could, if I could figure out a way to do it, which in actuality, I'll give you, I was reading an article because I am also a marketing professor, right? So I was, my students had done an exercise where they were doing a comparative analysis for a few people in the space, um, other brands in the space that we're doing a campaign for. And girl, they shared with me that there was a brand that their posting strategy is they post three to four times a day, three days a week. And I said, wait, what? That's a posting strategy? And they say, yeah. So I said, now maybe I could do that. That is it. I didn't even think about that. That's a good idea. Right. So I said, now maybe I could say, okay, on Monday, on Thursday, and on Sunday, you know, or whatever those days are, that way I could be active. But that would just help me not feel like I have to go into the vortex. Because if they want you go into the vortex, right? That's an issue. Now, oh, I take, I want to take something back. I want to make sure because I want to make sure I'm being truthful. I am a voyeur on TikTok at night. <laughs> like you like to consume it or do you like to create consume just consume it makes me laugh my for you page is a lot of like silliness and at night it's literally like my hot toddy like no I, I it's a fun space it's a very different energy than say like instagram even right now like i'm with you and i yeah. i do learn and maybe i shouldn't learn so much from tiktok because literally anyone can share any piece of information out there but i do kind of right. learn a lot of like cleaning hacks and like things <laughs> you know? And that's it. It's like, it's just fun. It's fun. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. Speaking of things, you know, learning. So like in my platform, I get to talk to so many cool people and I learn so much. And obviously in in your work you do as well. Have there been any specific modalities or conversations or anything that you've just been like mind blown after you, you learned? One is tapping. Have you heard? Oh yeah. I've done it a little. I don't, I don't like use it a lot, but do you use it regularly? I don't, but it was presented to me, mm-hmm. right? I was in an interview myself with somebody. I was interviewing two ladies and one introduced the concept of tapping. Yeah. And I just found that to be, oh my gosh, like <laughs> revolutionary. I don't know what the right word is, but I was like, because it was so, it made so much sense. Once I began to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and for those who are not familiar with it, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a practitioner of it, but there's a modality where you can literally 
taking your fingers, be able to tap your temples, tap at your chest, tap different um, nadis, different energy centers in your body and be able to calm yourself. And I just thought, how simple, yet how revolutionary. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I definitely want to, I should bring a tapper onto Freedom at the Mat. I think I'm going to do that soon, but that's- I'm thinking the same. (laughs) I'm like, I want to get someone. Okay. So last question. I'm just, I'm curious, who inspires you? Obviously like you are, you're doing a lot and you're inspiring just so many people. Who inspires you? I think the women that I serve. I like being able to give people that space. If you don't make a dedicated space for something in your life, you'll never do it. Which again, the yoga mat is that literal space. And then I want to give you that figurative space, that space for you just to calm yourself for five to 30 minutes and to be able to go within and connect with your spirit. So that too inspires me. And that's the most recent example. I've had plenty of women in New York, women online. When I send my emails out, they reply back to me and say, thank you so much. I'm with you. Let's do this. And that's what inspires me. That's truly what inspires me, Mm -hmm. Ashley. Are there people that I look to? I got to tell you, um, the OG in all of this for me was Faith Hunter, is Faith Hunter. I love her, respect her. She is a true practitioner and she really does walk out the work, spiritually fly yoga. She's been practicing. She's, I call her the godmother of yoga. Um, She definitely has been a practitioner, a black practitioner in this space for about 24 years. So Mm. she's been out here longer than many people. And I really respect the work and that she's a true light. And in addition to her, from a journalism perspective, I'm always studying Gail King, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Studying and seeing like, you know, how she posits and how she interviews. And I just really respect her style as an interviewer. But inspiration, it's the people, girl. It's the people. Mm. Well, and like what amazing feedback, right? To be like you're putting out so much and yet sometimes we don't always know, like how is it landing? And clearly, uh, you know, getting that back, like that that's the fuel to keep going. It so. is. I did a podcast with Therapy for Black Girls last year about journaling. Mm-hmm. And I was just myself, you know, just like right now, I was just myself and just talking and the number of emails that I got after that <laughs> thing and purchases of my journal. Cause I also sell a journal, right? And I sell yoga mats as well, which we didn't talk about, but I sold mats as well as journals. And this one woman, she was just like, thank you so much. I thought in order to journal, I had to do it a certain way, but you just told me today, if I just write one line down, I'm good. Even True. if it's on a post-it note, like, you know, and giving people that space, giving people the, like, you know what, it doesn't have to be done this, it can be done this way. Mm-hmm. So that's what inspires me, Ashley, the people. I love that. All right. So you have yoga mats, you've got journals, you've got your amazing platform. You're a professor, like you're seriously living how you do so much. Can you tell listeners where they can find you, where they can find your platform, where they can connect with you more and really just start to dive into all this cool content that you have out there? Absolutely. Freedomatthemat.com. Freedomatthemat.com. If you get there, that's your entry point. There's an opportunity for you to buy our yoga mats, which I didn't mention this, but 15% of all the proceeds from our classes and from our products goes to support 501c3s, which is nonprofit organizations that serve underserved women and girls. So that's mm-hmm. really important for us is that 
Freedom at the Mat exists truly to serve. We are a benefit corporation, which means that we were put in business, period, to be a social entrepreneur, to socialize the wealth of others, to support the cause of wellness. So freedomatthemat.com, you will see our yoga mats and you will also see our YouTube channel. And they'll also see, of course, Instagram as well. But YouTube and the yoga mat, it's really where we would love to have your support. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I love this. This is so much fun. Thank you, Ashley. I appreciate you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving it a review, share it with a friend, someone who might benefit, and make sure to follow us along on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast. We'll see you next week.